Greetings, fans of the Partial Historians. I am a very ill Dr. Radness. <laughs> and I am an extremely well, but rather tired, Dr. Greenfield. <laughs> Why are you tired, Dr. G? Why? Uh, life, life. I couldn't possibly go into the details. Always fascinating. <laughs> but unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about Dr. G's social life today. Oh, yeah, oh, I know. Oh. I'm sorry, I lured you down to false pretenses. <laughs> Instead, we're going to return to our line of emperors. Yeah, yeah, and we're up to somebody relatively interesting. Indeed. Someone interesting. with facial hair. Yeah, which is unusual. It is, for, for Romans, yes. Yes. Why is that? But he's going to be setting a new trend, because, you know, everyone wants to be like the dude in power. <laughs> Beards become of a fashion after Hadrian. Ah, yes, so, yeah, the beard becomes a thing yes. after Hadrian. Exactly, yes. yeah, yeah, he sets as the trend. You, as you do, yeah. as you do. Now, I must apologise, I got a little bit carried away last episode. Well, and I didn't pick you up on it either, so we're both to blame. Yeah, we uh, we neglected to mention that Hadrian is married to Trajan's grand niece, not his niece, his <laughs> grand niece. That makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really, but nonetheless, felt I should correct us. Well, yes, yes. So Hadrian is married to a woman, Sabina. Yes. Uh, the grandniece of Trajan. Yes. Uh, and he's con- so he's connected into the family. So yes. when we talk about this period in Roman sort of principate history, which is known as the adoptive emperors, there are still kind, of, kind yeah. of a little bit of a family connection There's there. less of a link between Nerva and Trajan than there is between Trajan and Hadrian. Yes. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's not like the most direct link. and It's not like Trajan necessarily had to adopt Hadrian. No. No. And this is the thing. We kind of left you on a mysterious point in this history. Um, mm. Yes, exactly. Da-da. See, we, call, we talk about these adoptive emperors, but was Hadrian in fact adopted? Yes. Well, this is a point of controversy. Yes. Uh, this is something that all of the sources that we have mm. for Hadrian, and there are several. Yeah. Uh, Not very good ones, but they're there. <laughs> mention this this fact, or well, uh, let's not call it a fact. Yeah. This idea um, that there was perhaps a lead time between when Trajan died and when the information about Hadrian's adopted adoption came out. Rumor has it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes, rumor and conjecture, and, <laughs> and central to these stories is. Platina. Yes. Trajan's, Trajan's wife. wife. Mm. <laughs> wow. wow, we're becoming the same person. Oh this is supposed to be a conversation. It really wasn't planned, I assure you. Goodness. Okay, sorry. Platina, yes. As sinister as her name sounds, perhaps. <laughs> and as severe as her hair may be. Exactly. What was she up to? Well, apparently, one of one of the rumours is that she was in love with Hadrian. <laughs> Which is unlucky for her, because, as you may recall from last time, we mentioned that Trajan, her husband, was quite fond of boys, as mm. opposed to her, it would seem. It would seem that Platina has, Platina has a poor taste in men. Yeah. Uh, if she's, she's... Oh my god, I just realised, she's a fag <laughs> <laughs> Well, if she likes Hadrian, I mean, she's sort of barking up the wrong tree all over again. Exactly. Because mm. Hadrian, as we will explore in more depth later, is also a massive fan of the boys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, even more so than Trajan, I think you would say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, this will become apparent. <laughs> yeah, so whether she was or not, I mean, maybe he was just a favourite of hers. Who knows? Yeah, there seems to be anyway some sort of delay, and and partially this delay could be related to the fact that Trajan dies in the east. Yeah, as much as anything else. In fact, 
point of note, Dr. G, mm. Trajan, I believe, is the first emperor to die outside of Italy. Mm? Wow. So not only is he a foreigner, but he dies outside of Italy. Wow. Those mm. foreigners. I don't know what to do they're with that sort of information. Wicked You've just blown my mind. I know, right? Anyway, so yeah, he's not anywhere near anything. <laughs> I suppose this is a nice segue into Hadrian being yeah. an outsider as well. Yes, because Hadrian is our second emperor who is not a native Italian. Mm. Outrageous. Mm. And he, Yes, and some of our sources suggest that uh, when he eventually makes it into the centre of uh, the the Roman world and he gives a speech mm. that people laugh at him because of his provincial accent. And this is the weird thing about him though because he didn't really grow up in the provinces did he as far as we can tell? No, not as far as we can tell. He's no. he's born in what Baetica or was it Italia? Italica? I think it's yeah. Italica. Yeah. And or Italica. Italica. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and so he's kind of he moves very quickly from there uh into Italy and as far as the sources seem to indicate, he's raised mostly in Rome. Exactly. So where would he get this weird accent? That's what happens when you're raised by a family of provincials. Well, I have heard another suggestion. Ooh, ooh yeah. do tell. Okay. Because Hadrian, like Trajan, mm. is a bit of a military man once his career gets up and running, I have heard it suggested that perhaps he picked up a bit of a brutish accent from the soldiers he was surrounded by. <laughs> wow. Really? You know, working class accent, eh? <laughs> Hanging out with the boys. <laughs> Got to talk like the lads. Exactly. And that might have been the accent that they were making fun of. But either way, it seems to be improbable, I have to admit. Both yeah. Ways. But yes. Anyway, either way, Platina. Find yeah, the yeah. And she, perhaps, the sources suggest, had a hand in orchestrating his... Well, Except. yeah, yeah, and Hadrian's early career, so mm. like pre the elevation of Trajan, for instance, uh, aligns with Trajan's to a certain degree. Yes. So, I mean, he, somebody, was, he wasn't just out of the blues. No, no, he's he was somebody who's part of yeah. like Trajan's extended family. Yeah. Somebody who's hanging around with that family for like 20 years or so. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And so, somebody who is well known to Platina, at least, um, he has several uh, sort of stepping stones, if you like, in his career. In the in the 90s, in that controversial period mm. under Domitian, um, 94, mm, mm, um, mm. He, holds, he holds relatively uh, a number of positions inside Rome, things to do with, like, judging litigation, to do with inheritance, mm. hanging out and commanding officers of nice. the equites. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's at, my friend. Being a bit of a fancy <laughs> urban prefect for special feasts. Growing his beard, you know. Yeah, yeah things like that. <laughs> and, and he also has a military career as well. Yes. So he's got an established, like, nice Roman trajectory, trajectory to, yeah. to what's going oh my God, on. we did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because we're one ill and slash tired um, and we're sort of synchronized in some sense. This is interesting. I wonder if he'll continue. We're both throwing down. <laughs> but he becomes a military tribune yep. in sort of 96, 97. Mm. So like crucial that, years. Yes, yeah. crucial years. Yes. Um, bit of a yeah change over there. Mm. Um, uh, looking after a few different legions over in Moesia Inferior. Nice. On the Black Sea. Mm. And this is, this is kind of a Trajan's stomping ground a bit, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. A yeah. little bit of a connection there. Um, And so we have this connection between Hadrian and Trajan. When Trajan's sort of announced as being adopted by Nerva, Hadrian's like, 
I'm sending you congratulations and I'm going to do everything I can to get there to give them to you in person. I'm hitching um, my wagon to your star. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because his wagon breaks on the way. Yeah. Um, that's in the sources. That's, Don't make me laugh. That's for real. Oh, yeah. No, Clapping. I'm sorry. My apologies. Uh, okay, sorry. Apologize, listeners. Uh, in any case, yes, in any case, uh, it's in 100 uh, mm. CE that Hadrian ends up married to this Sabina. Mm-hmm. And it's not entirely smooth sailing, though, is it, with Trajan and Hadrian? This is the thing. No, no. Well, apparently Trajan wasn't really that interested in Hadrian marrying Sabina. Mm. Yes. Rumour. <laughs> Rumour has it. <laughs> Rumour might suggest that those two are having a relationship. Oh, yes. Mm. That old chestnut. No. But, you know, it seems slightly more realistic with uh, with these ones. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's definitely potential there. Yeah. Um, Trajan has a reputation for it. Hadrian has a reputation for yeah. it. Um, yeah. Now, whether it's just like our source material just sort of they all always, jumping yeah, on that same bandwagon. They always say this sort of thing. And it's like you said once before, I think, this whole idea of, you know, the transmission of power. And if we're going to have sexual invective coming through with yeah, these guys. exactly. This seems a perfect vehicle for yeah. it. Because, I mean, this is, I mean, I suppose this might be a good point or an unusual point, I can't really make up my mind, to address the idea that Hadrian's, Trajan we know, hugely popular. Everyone's like, woo, hey, woo Trajan. Trajan. He's the new Augustus. And you would think that Hadrian would also be that way, given his connection to Trajan and how Nerva benefited from that and all that kind of stuff. But not really. No. Hadrian is a weird little... He's a weird little filling in our <laughs> five adoptive emperor's sandwich. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the ways in which scholarship, um, perhaps presumptuously, uh, referred to these adoptive emperors is the good emperors. Yeah. But Hadrian doesn't really fit the mold of good per se. Yeah, and this is a weird thing. I mean, this is like, I suppose, I'm sorry, I'm delving a little bit into the, the history of scholarship here. Oh, please uh, do. <laughs> but yeah, this whole idea of the five good emperors, mm. um, it's something that it seems to have sort of cropped up and particularly taken hold in... Um, sort of, it comes out of sort of Edward Gibbon's seminal work a little bit. Danger, danger. Yeah, that's right, I'm going there, I'm going there. Decline and fall of the Roman Empire in many, many volumes by mm. Edward Gibbon. Um, but even so, even, and, yeah, and, then it, and then it creeps into textbooks and then it yes. becomes like a, yes. a thing, um, an established thing. idea. Yeah. Um, but we're going to break that idea. Yeah. Other people have even before so, us, even, but, you know, even, it needs to be yeah, broken. Even back with Gibbon. Even he seems to have been aware that Hadrian was a little bit of an odd nugget in, yeah. this, in this case. There are there are a number of reasons for this. Yeah, uh, it's partially to do with events that happen just after he enters into uh, the emperorship, which we shall get to. Yes. <laughs> And and partly to do with some things that happen towards the end. Yeah. And some varied scattered things in the middle. Yes, exactly. Um, but the middle is considered to be better overall yeah, than Hadrian the start and the finish. Yeah, because has quite a lengthy rule, again, you know, uh, yes. like Trajan. It's kind of actually pretty much the same amount as Trajan, you know. Mm. Um, and like Trajan, Hadrian is out of Rome quite a bit. He is. He's doing, he's doing vast tours. Yeah. Uh, he's a wanderer. Oh, yes, he's a wanderer. No, 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 no. <laughs> he goes around, around, around. Okay, yeah. Somebody no. me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit high on Hoff medicine. <laughs> but yes, um, 
he you would think therefore that maybe the Senate would be happy with this, be like like they were with Trajan. Yes. But no. have an emperor out of town makes for a happy Senate. But no. No, <laughs> not in... the Emperor's away, the Senate will play. <laughs> but not in this case. No. Um uh, and it's to do with it it seems his policies to do with expansion mm. amongst other things yes. uh, Trajan was all about bigger is better let's have more land yeah. and one of Hadrian's let's conquer Parthia and Arabia yeah. I can do it I can take yeah. Syria <laughs> um, all of these things that Trajan does in terms of expansion and being really proactive with this and Hadrian gets in and is immediately like no 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 we can't we don't have the resources for this pull back pull back I'm sorry that this is a bit Unfeasible, you'll see. Mm-hmm. You haven't quite crunched the numbers correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was debilitating, I suppose, from a senatorial point of view, because part of the way that you promote yourself is getting yourself into these positions after these lands have been conquered yep. and and finding ways to derive tax revenue, yeah. um, amongst other things. She should be using her flesh rabbits there. Tax revenue. Tax revenue. Oink, oink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, once you've reached the quota, you can skim off the top. It's yeah. fine, it's fine. <laughs> it's legitimate. Um, in any case, there there is severe backlash mm. from this idea of pulling out yeah. of certain areas and, like, sort of within a really short span of time within like the sort of two to five years of Hadrian being in yeah, power. He's he pulled it, yeah. out of almost all of Trajan's land Which gains. is crazy. I mean, it's, it's really quite, it's so unusual because he doesn't even wait to like establish himself in power. He's no, just like, he's just like, dude, policies change, guys. Exactly. It's a new time. It's a new era. Get used to it. Yeah. You don't like it? Hit the highway. And it seems that some people get angsty about that and decide that maybe they should kill him. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> there are many conspiracies leveled at the reign of Hadrian. Yeah. Now, this might be partly to do with the diffuse nature of the source material that we have. Yeah, and I suppose we should perhaps address that yes, a little bit. Yes, I yeah. think so. I mean, okay, Hadrian's reign is great because you've got all these people like Suetonius who we've been talking about, possibly Tacitus, maybe Dio. Juvenal, Dio. They're all writing. They're all, they're all writing. Yeah, during this time. And yet, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we have Nothing. <laughs> Surprisingly, very little remains. Um, Dio is perhaps a, a particular loss because we know he does write about this period. Yeah. And and all we have left all we is have... the epitome. Yes, there are, there's sort of the, this sort of fragmentary compilation of his work, you know, much more condensed version. Made much later. Made much later. Uh, with a lot of the detail, obviously. Missing. <laughs> Missing. Never to be found again. Yeah, and Tacitus, if he was writing during this period, doesn't write about this period. And Suetonius, uh, who pretty we're pretty sure he was writing during this period because we're pretty sure he worked for Hadrian, doesn't seem to be writing about Hadrian in any surviving work. <laughs> Bummer. So what we're left with is sort of like 4th century compilations. Jesus. <laughs> this is really uh, slim most, pickings. Most famously, uh, a compilation piece known as the Historia Augusta. Yes, and I think we'll explain more about that tricky, tricky source in our next episode. But mm. su- suffice to say for now, it's not the most reliable thing we've ever come across. Uh, yeah, we're dealing with hazy territory, yeah. even for ancient historians. who are always skating on the edge of not knowing so, anything at I know, all. It's, it's just so bizarre. And, and that's the thing, even, even when Hadrian's in power and he is, you know, the guy that you would presumably be writing histories about, we can't always even track his movements no he's here he's there he's everywhere <laughs> we we think he goes on about four grand tours um how sophisticated yeah <laughs> he goes he does a lot of touring I and mean, he's really interested in shoring up the provinces and 
reaffirming the relationship of the provinces that he's decided to hold on to yeah. with Rome. And that, that seems like Perhaps at the expense of Rome. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like Trajan, uh, Hadrian's not in Italy when he when Trajan dies and he has to mm. orchestrate this whole succession thing. Um, and that's where he, you know, where, you know, where, at his post is supposedly where he receives the letter from Trajan <laughs> saying, hey, you're adopted. Guess what? In three days, I'm going to die. <laughs> How convenient. Who'd have thought? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's so all over the place. And he seems to have a particular affinity for certain places. He does. He yeah. does. So one of the things that Hadrian is famously known for is being a philhellene. Mm. That means he likes all things Greek. Uh, which what ties the? in very conveniently to the rumours about his sexuality. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a surprise to say that Hadrian did not have a happy marriage. Um. Sabina <laughs> seems to have been a remarkably unfulfilled young woman. Wait for it. Yeah. Let me find my source material on this because it's a doozy, yeah. to be honest. Because Hadrian, even more than Trajan... As we said, he really likes dem boys more than he likes dem women. <laughs> yeah, and, and Sabina has, has, is reported as, uh, as going as far as saying in some of the sources that we do have extant that she tried all strategies available to her to prevent falling pregnant to him because she thought he was inhuman. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> and basically they end up sort of not really seeing much of each other <laughs> eventually. Um, you know, Probably even, for the best, given yeah, that's the way that she feels. Exactly, yeah. It's like, I think there's even some reference um, that Hay- you know, Hadrian's saying, you know, yeah, it's my birthday, Sabina's at the villa, not near me. <laughs> but at least she did send him a present, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they weren't, uh, they weren't on a particularly happy form. Uh, which perhaps will explain later why Hadrian has no Also <laughs> referred to him as the bane of the human race. Mm. Mm. That does seem rather... Yeah, that's, that's intense. <laughs> and, and this story perhaps could be, form a nice parallel to one of his most well-known young lovers. Ooh. Ooh. Are you talking about the A-man? Uh, and Antinous? Antinous, yes, 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 yes. I am. The youth. The youth. <laughs> uh, we don't know quite how young. Um... But suffice it to say that he's travelling around with Hadrian yes. on one of these grand tours. Yes. Um, and Hadrian's quite besotted with this young man. Very much so. Yeah. Apparently writes a good deal of love poetry. Ah, yes, because Hadrian likes a bit of poetry, by the way. BTW. <laughs> FYI, you know. <laughs> if you feel a comparison to Nero coming on, hold that in your mind, dear listener. <laughs> hold um, it, hold it. In any, in any case, he has a young lover, mm. and unfortunately... And if only we knew the circumstances, uh, this young lover drowns in the Nile whilst the, whilst the whole party is in Egypt. And it is the most bizarre story because this is someone that Hadrian's supposedly like cuckoo in love for. Yes. And yet we have suggestions that maybe Hadrian sacrificed him. Ew. Yeah. In some sort Why? of... Why? You know, at some like witch doctor's suggestion. Um, and, oh, you know, of course, there are, there, there's <laughs> and then immediately here. regretted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoops, that was a lot of my life. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Hadrian goes so far as to found a city at the location of the young man's death. Oh, that's so sad. And that's the thing. It's kind of a bit of a turning point in his reign, isn't it? Really. Well, as far, well, as far as some people, it's it's yeah. ostentatious the way that he goes about dealing with his grief 
Do you mean ostentatious? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, goodness. I really am. I, I apologize. Uh, you were almost there. So he was asking, he sought veneration of Antinous as a god. And the Greek cities were quite happy to go along with that. Yes. They are all good at that. And it, statues were erected. Yes. At numerous locations. Mm, why not? Coins were minted with the young boy's portrait. This is quite public. <laughs> you know, like the Romans... This is, this is an overt public display of imperial grief Yeah, and like, for a lover. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Romans might have started to be a little bit more open-minded or just look the other way about certain I things. wonder if this is part of the senatorial disaffection. Yeah, but, like, they're not usually big on publicising the fact that you're having sex with a dude. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> my point entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, you can kind of see how Hadrian might have rubbed people the wrong way. Mm. Oh, oh, I don't know. We didn't just go there, did we? No, no. Oh, Sorry, it's a cross again. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, it's kind of a bit of a... He seems to be in grief and sort of a bit bitter mm. about this for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And and obviously this puts a certain colour over the whole reign in a way. It's sort of not that it necessarily explains the the poor relationship between Hadrian and Sabina, but it certainly is something to keep into account when looking at the way that that plays out versus uh, the way that he is known as a lover of Greece. He becomes an archon of Athens. He becomes a citizen of Athens. Yeah, it doesn't even like he builds a temple for them that mm. they, they long wanted completed. Yes. Um, and he gets a special little, little title, doesn't he? Olympias or something. Ooh. Yeah, like like Jupiter himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, on the one hand, we have this sort of, this wandering emperor who still the Senate doesn't like, um, yes. but somebody who's engaging in a lot of building works in provinces. Obviously, Hadrian is famous for Hadrian's Wall, amongst Indeed. other things. And this is, I suppose Hadrian's Wall kind of ties in nicely to um, Hadrian really uh, drilling in this idea that we're not going beyond a certain <laughs> point in the empire. Uh, there and, are limits, and here is my line in the sand. Exactly. <laughs> or oh, my stone wall <laughs> in the muddy area. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is Scotland, Britain. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, Hadrian's Wall that you may have visited when you go to a Great Britain was not the only one of these constructions. Mm. He built them all over the place. Um, it just happens that the one in Britain was made out of stone and it survived somewhat. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Better than the others. Out. Yeah. Like in Germany, it was made of timber. So you can mm. imagine how well that lasted. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously it would last well, a while. At least you know he's serious about his policy. Yeah, well, I mean, even like when Trajan had all these you know, conquests, um, you were actually allowed to expand mm. the um, pomerium in Rome itself. Yes. You know, the sacred... This is very important. There's yeah. a sacred boundary around the city, which as you expand Roman territory, you're also permitted to expand yes. the sacred... Now, Trajan did not do this. Mm. Okay. Hadrian could presumably, I suppose, have done it in connection with Trajan's conquests. But instead, he chose to sort of um, emphasise the existing pomerium. Mm. You know, he, te- he basically said, now we're going to just let's go Let's going to set that in stone, <laughs> yeah, shall let's we? Let's go over that line again. Yeah, and yeah. again and again and again. Let's, <laughs> let's bold it. <laughs> I, I want some more pillars in place to just mark out the pomerium. Yeah, so a lot of the things he does are really just cementing it in place, that we are not going to be expanding the empire. <laughs> 
Have you guys been listening? Let me be very clear about this. And yes. who, Dr. G, is famous for this non-expansionist point of view? Well, this is where you get your comparison to Augustus. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But uh, to me, they're apples and oranges. Well, yes, I think it's... I mean, if there is that connection, it might perhaps be a bit of wishful thinking. But, but perhaps uh, this is one way in which Hadrian is trying to emulate uh, the one, is, the yeah. one that everyone wants to emulate. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I do, rec- I do recall reading somewhere that Hadrian actually had Augustus, a portrait of Augustus, on his signet ring or one of his seal rings. Oh, how delightful! Um, and it point. was, in fact, um, it is in Suetonius's life or, of Augustus that we mm. get the story about Augustus saying, "You know what? Maybe we should leave the empire. It is <laughs> it's getting a little out of hand." <laughs> nudge, nudge. Which we, Hadrian, are you reading this? Exactly. <laughs> Was Suetonius sucking up to Hadrian, or was he just highlighting that story <laughs> of Augustus's reign? Which way does it go? Who Nobody knows. knows. Who knows? Is it a coinkydink? We'll never know. But it's it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing to note. Away. Yes, yes. So amid the conspiracies, amid the travelling about, amid the hating the wife thing, <laughs> amid the boy lovers, uh, and the boy lovers <laughs> dying tragically, <laughs> Hadrian needs to find an heir. Indeed. He doesn't have any children by Sabina. No. 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 Definitely <laughs> no, not. not. And I mean, he has, he'd want to choose carefully because this is the funny thing about Hadrian. I mean, he basically, you know, he gets off on the wrong foot with the Senate because at the beginning of his reign, there is this conspiracy in which four fairly prominent people end up being put to death. Mm. Not by Hadrian, according to our sources, but by the Senate. <laughs> Uh, and nevertheless, Hadrian cops the blame. Exactly. So this kind of sets his reign off on a bad note with the Senate. So even though he does all of those good emperor things of like waiving debts and helping people out and yeah. giving and he, out gifts, none of that not, seems to count for yeah, very much he's not for him. Bad. I mean, his building program is huge. I mean, even in Rome itself, anyone who's ever been to the <laughs> Pantheon. I think so. <laughs> that, that was one of his. Yes. Yeah. The, the one that you see now, even though it has someone else's name on it, is Hadrian's work. Mm. You know, he helped out that building. And also the Castel Sant'Angelo, otherwise yes. known as Hadrian's Mausoleum. He's not related to the Like, his building program was the huge. The Senate wasn't very happy about that one either. I'm well, afraid. yeah, but, you know, nonetheless. His building program was huge. And he also, you know, restored a lot of things, particularly like, you know, Augustus's mm. Arapacus and that sort of thing. Um, he could be quite charming. He was extremely intelligent. Mm. Uh, according, to, according to our sources, even the ones that you know, Even the ones that, that uh, sort of are offensive about him in particular ways acknowledge that he has particular talents and multiple talents, and he's very intelligent and good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he reads apparently very widely, can quote from <laughs> you know, these things that people have never even heard from. This is going to the sources anyway. He can apparently, apparently dictate and talk to someone and write all at the same time. Like... His administrative skills are formidable. <laughs> Should I mention that he... Re- still my reading. <laughs> he also reformed the Imperial Post. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a run here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sorry, but like, way to follow in the footsteps of Nerva. Yeah. The original. <laughs> and the, the best. best. <laughs> oh my God, we just begin. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he does all this good stuff. And, you know, he's also very careful to give donatives to the right people. Yes. You know? Um, he's trying really hard to get on people's good side. And yet. He does not. No, sadly. <laughs> and, yeah, and I mean, again, when it comes to picking an heir, ugh, <laughs> he, caramba. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to have much luck with that either. No, uh, I mean, that's the thing. It's so funny. Even for a guy who can't have a baby, he can't even pick an heir. <laughs> he realises that he's getting quite ill 
in about 136. Yeah, and this illness apparently makes him a bit cranky. <laughs> yes. Um, he becomes disgusted with life. <laughs> he asks somebody to stab him to put him out of his misery. Everybody refuses to help him out. Um, in a any wise case, move, I think. he decides that he, he needs an heir. Um, he settles on a guy, uh, Lucius Commodus. Not a popular choice. No, uh, the choice was surprising. Yeah, there were other people. I mean, mostly because Commodus was ill with tuberculosis when he was chosen. <laughs> I know how he feels. <laughs> but it's also the fact that he was kind of a bit of a surprising choice, wasn't he? He was. He was. Because Hadrian um, kind of Hadrian has relatives who are interested. Yeah, <laughs> very interested. Very interested relatives who are sort of like, well, I know the adoptive thing's been happening, but. Um, I'm a male relation, and while I might not be directly aligned, yeah. you know, I'm part of the extended family, like you were part of Trajan's extended family. Exactly. Um, so some people get their noses out of joint when Hadrian picks somebody outside of the family. And, yeah, this is where the, the end of his reign is kind of tainted with <laughs> bad feeling. Uh, because... <laughs> because his family gets annoyed at him. Yeah, so annoyed that they decide to conspire. <laughs> against him unfortunately mm. for them conspiracy does not work out yeah they get caught yeah but then bad for hadrian because then he has to kind of you know organize their untimely demise <laughs> yeah so uh, we have uh, lucius servianus and pedanius fuscus yeah now fuscus was the younger guy the grand nephew indeed and uh, servianus was quite old by this time yes um, so that's another these, reason these why. These two band together, and yeah. they're like, we're family. Maybe pick one of us. Hadrian's like, I've noticed you're trying to kill me. Now you must die. <laughs> exactly. And this is, But this is the thing. Sevianus being so old, I mean, some of the sources say he's like 90 years old, mm. um, that, you know, it's not, it's not really a good look to be already, like, <laughs> old dudes kill themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a display of your power. No. Mm. And so things end on rather a sour note. And you know what, Dr. G? I think we should leave them hanging to find out who will actually (laughs) succeed. Hadrian. Because he does eventually die. (laughs) (laughs) He's nearly dead. Yeah. Kind of the same age as uh, as Trajan. Weird, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, What a suspenseful end. Despite being charming and intelligent and... Surviving multiple conspiracies. Exactly, and being a, a builder extraordinaire. Check out his villa at Tivoli. I guarantee you, you'll be jealous. The Tivoli Villa is He dies special. in rather sad circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he, he dies where every good Roman would like to die. Mm. He dies in Bay, which is nice. like the pleasure. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's where Romans go for their summer holiday break. Where are the <laughs> summer holiday? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, all right, yeah, so he dies. In a nice place. He dies, but we're, we're leaving some of the mystery for next episode. What will happen next? Stay tuned. Uh-huh.